Hey sickos, I'm LJ. And I'm Tao. And this is Say Psycho Right Now. Say Psycho Right Now is a true crime and paranormal podcast. Some content may be considered disturbing or graphic. This podcast also contains adult language. Listener discretion is advised. To access our socials or become a Patreon member with access to early episodes and bonus content, find us on any social media platform and consult the link tree in our bio or go to www.patreon.com slash psycho right now. You can also follow us on our socials or wherever you stream your podcasts and leave a five-star review if you're enjoying our content so we can continue to reach more people. This is a great free way to support your favorite content creators. Case suggestions or stories to share can also be sent to now at gmail.com. Now let's get into today's episode. Yay! Welcome back. Welcome back to the shit show. And it is a shit show today, you guys. Um, I'm sorry that I sound like a frog. It is what the fuck it is. Um, welcome to sorry, my alarm just went off telling me to wake up, but I've been awake for two and a half hours because I had debilitating nightmares. So I'm just once I'm up. Yeah, if you're a patron, you know all about the debilitating nightmare. <laughs> I hate myself. If you want to know about it, it's going to cost you at least $3 a month. More than that, because <laughs> this is so stupid. But I only made it available to second and third tier patrons because my caption for it was, like this post if you want me to wake John up to yell at him about my nightmare. And I didn't want John to have a vote. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he's a three dollar patron <laughs> okay so i stand corrected if you want to know about the debilitating nightmare it's gonna cost you at least ten dollars a month oh. or you can subscribe to a free trial of our highest tier <laughs> which is only thirteen dollars a month it's not a big price difference yeah it's not a big price oh. difference it's a john price difference it's a john- 
<laughs> Why, guys? It's been a rough morning already. Okay, guys. So, in all seriousness, today's case is one that has been in my queue for a while. And this case was sent in to us by our lovely friend of the pod, Melinda. Melinda also has a small little shop where she sells like handmade goodies. It's called Flower Mound Escape. Go check her out. Great stuff over there. And she is a great friend of the pod. So thank you, Melinda, for sending this in. And thank you for being one of our very dedicated listeners and also a patron. Um, now, Melinda sent this story in because she she actually knew one of the victims one of the victims was a friend of hers and these cases just hit us differently in the fields when you guys send us a story when you trust us to cover these brutal things that have happened to your real life loved ones it just it it means a lot to us it means a lot to us that you trust us with this this very important task so without further ado today's case is that of the lawton oklahoma serial killer and it's gonna be this is a this is a 20 year cold case you guys so it's probably a little bit different than what we normally cover i don't think we've covered really any cold cases on the pod to date maybe a few but not not something we've covered a whole lot of i can't think of any right now yeah i like them was solved Dar- was darling crash hot cold no that one was cold for a long time but was eventually solved that was a what the fuck is going on in colorado episode the only one that we've covered that is largely considered cold that's coming to my head because we've covered a lot of cases right yeah is madeline mccann but even then we covered it in a really unique way because we honed in on the primary suspect who's been announced and like really honed in on and is like a vetted credible likely suspect likely suspect yeah this this case unfortunately doesn't doesn't really have a suspect and we're going to get into why we think that is so Today's case takes us to the city of Lawton, Oklahoma, between the years 1999 and 2003. Now, Lawton is a city in southwest Oklahoma, and it is home to Fort Sill Army Base. You know, so it's a military town. Now, during this time, Cash Road, I hope I'm saying this right, was said to be home to several pay-by-the-hour motels, which were frequented by prostitutes, who sadly, you know, became the targets of the heinous crimes that we'll be covering today. Over the course of the five years, at least five women that we know of were targeted. And I will say, too, that one source that I'm going to get into later that I relied heavily on for this episode, they believe that this serial killer was active even prior to 1999 and possibly even after 2003 but 1999 to 2003 are is kind of the official consensus that authorities have come to now 
all of the victims that we'll be covering today were known sex workers in this area. And unfortunately, as a result of the lifestyle that these young women led, authorities and the general public at the time did not take these cases very seriously. And we've seen this time and time again, unfortunately, that sex workers are seen as less than, Mm -hmm. you know, we saw this in the Robert Hansen case, which is another patron episode from the following crime series who's from a the crazy following crime season. yeah and, and we see this a lot in the true crime space and it's it's so deplorable i don't care if you're morally opposed to what these women do for work which really you shouldn't be because it's not your fucking business but you know if if you're morally opposed to it that's fine that's not relevant they're still human lives like maybe also if you're that morally opposed to sex work okay hear me out maybe be morally opposed to the murder of these women. Mm. Great choice. Wow. Okay. Good talk, guys. But, you know, these women deserve justice, and that's why we think it's important to cover these cases. And for the record, I'm very pro sell your ass. It's your ass. If you want to sell it, sell it. (laughs) I don't know why that made me laugh the way it did, but it did. Not funny, but funny. I just wanted the record to show that I didn't want people to think that, like... Let the court's record show that Toe is pro-sell your ass. I didn't want anybody to think Toe was a prude. Okay. So, the first victim that we know of um, was 28-year-old Jane Marie Chafton. And she was found by a passerby on August the 13th, 1999... In Sandy Bear Creek, about six miles northeast of Velma, Oklahoma, in rural Stevens County. Her body was discovered completely nude. Now, some sources say that her death was initially thought to be the cause of an overdose, but toxicology reports later showed that she only had trace amounts of cocaine in her system. Mm. For those of you that were maybe raised in an ivory tower, that's not going to kill somebody. <laughs> Mm, that's me hi i was raised in an ivory tower and yeah <laughs> and i knew that so that's kind of why i threw that in there it was more for you than the people she's like for those of you aka the person <laughs> who's sitting here with me uh, yeah yeah that's okay. it's not gonna kill somebody i mean we've right. all we've all done a line or two in our day now to go on <laughs> okay now Jane did struggle with drug addiction. This is a fact that we know. But she had actually worked as an accountant up until it was alleged that a friend actually talked her into earning some fast cash. And she began working at Susie's massage parlor and barber shop. And from what I gathered in my research, this massage parlor was more than just a massage parlor. Okay. Okay. It was a massage parlor. It was a massage parlor, right. Now, Jane was not necessarily known to be working the streets as a prostitute at this time. But, you know, it's possible that she could have been. We, you know, we don't know. And when I say not known to be working the streets, what I mean is a lot of these women are known prostitutes because they've already been picked up by the local authorities for prostituting sure. right so when i say known that's what i mean like now the timeline is confirmed correct 
Now, Jane was last seen on August 10th, and on this day, she had reportedly called a taxi company to come pick her up at the Motel 6 where she had been staying, although she called back and canceled the ride, saying that she had found another way. She was never seen again. And that's kind of a similar... Now, nobody that I could... No source that I could find actually saw Jane you know, get into any vehicle, but a common theme throughout this case in these killings is that these women get into a vehicle of some kind and they're never seen again. That's scary. Okay. Yeah. Now our, and we don't know whether these, all of them were situations like Jane where they just needed a ride or if some of them were maybe, you know, or maybe John's vehicles you know we don't we don't know for sure there's a lot that we don't know in this case unfortunately and it and 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 we know why that is because we we know the cops aren't taking these seriously now our second victim was 25 year old cassandra lee ramsey now it's reported that she was last seen in lawton on october 10th 1999 although her body wasn't discovered until march 22nd 2000 like jane she was discovered nude in water she was found close to a bridge in rural jefferson county oklahoma cassandra had been working as a prostitute and like jane she too struggled with drugs two of the people she was living with at the time say she was last seen with an unidentified white male and that they left together in a full-size van. It should also be noted that after Jane's body was found, but prior to her going missing, Cassandra had allegedly made several statements to people in her life that she believed she would be the next one killed. Oh. Um, yeah. Now, again, this is this is pretty loose information, and we don't know why she believed it but troubling nonetheless for sure yeah definitely and i think it also is just yet another clue that maybe these killings are connected you know maybe cassandra knew something right especially if she felt that she had some type of information that she maybe wasn't supposed to have right Mm, right which i mean is purely speculative but you know people don't usually say that type of thing or feel that type of way without due cause you know that's not usually like something that you say just out of like paranoia and then it comes to fruition correct yeah unfortunately now our third victim 21 year old mandy rate went missing from the lawton area on june 14th 2000 and her body was found three days later on june 17th 2000 Mm. like the two young women before her she was found completely nude and in water this time located in a small creek off bethel road in comanche county oklahoma so a lot of these women are being found like obviously they're being transported and dumped like out of the lawton area right Now, police were said to have been patrolling the area as it was notorious for drug activity. 
Now, Mandy is the first victim for whom a cause of death could be determined, and the cause was said to have ruled to have been a cocaine overdose. Mm-hmm. You know, here's the thing. I, I, I don't I don't know, you know, we can speculate all day whether that's correct or not. You know, again, Jane's death was initially reported as an overdose, and she was found to only have trace amounts of cocaine. Mm-hmm. So is there is there something iffy going on with authorities? You know, I don't know. Again, this is all speculation. But here's the thing. I don't want us to let this cause of death accurate or not, having us believe that there was no foul play involved because the girl was still found naked in a fucking creek. Right. Usually, and I mean, I'm not speaking from personal experience here, okay? But just from common sense, like, if you're gonna go do a couple lines of cocaine, right? That's just your vibe for the night. You're not gonna strip down to a nudie show in the woods first. Correct. Yeah, I mean, and you have to do a lot of fucking cocaine to kill yourself. It's not... Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I... You know, something happened to these girls, and whether there was drugs in their system or not, you know, they I don't think they stripped themselves naked, walked into a creek, and died. No, and the thing is, too, like, you can have drugs in your system at the time of death, and lo and behold, your co- actual cause of death have literally nothing to do with the amount of drugs in your system or like the presence of drugs in your system i should say correct and you know also these women were found in water so evidence could have very well been washed away Um, oh absolutely And, and that's why water sources are such like highly used i guess i i don't know there's a better way to say that somewhere i know what you mean that's why people dump bodies in water Thank you. I was trying. I mean, to say I know that, you were like, trying to say it like a word person, but let's just call it what it is. That's why people dump dead bodies in water. No, exactly. Stupid murdery bitch bags. Rude. Okay. Rude. Now, prior to her death, Mandy was said to have actually been really working on getting her life back on track, and she spoke to her mother almost daily. And her mother saw her in person on June 9th. Mm-hmm. This would be the last time that they spoke. On June 11th, she called her grandfather to ask if she could come stay with him, and he agreed, but she never showed. She was last seen on June 14th, leaving the residence inn where she and her boyfriend at the time were residing. Our fourth victim was Janice Marie Bono. Janice was. 29 years old and a mother of three. Now, Janice, like the other women we've mentioned here today, did struggle with substance abuse and had turned to prostitution to support her habit. Mm-hmm. However, shortly before disappearing, she had evidently called home and said that she had recently been diagnosed with cancer and she wanted to come home and try to get better and turn her life around. Plus her little beans. Yeah. Sadly, her body was discovered much in the same way as our previous victims in a pond under an old bridge. At the time of her disappearance, 
Janice had been staying in a local motel with another woman named Lisa. Now, Lisa is believed to have been the last person to see Janice alive. However, mm-hmm. she states that nothing seemed out of the ordinary the last time she saw Janice, just as they both went their separate ways as per usual, and Janice was never seen again. Right. Our fifth victim was Pamela Woodring age 34 and she was found on june 5th 2003 Mm -hmm. she was found in the water fully nude near a bridge in rural kiowa county oklahoma she was discovered by a local farmer now for some reason there's even less information available about Pamela than the other victims. But what we do know is that once again, she was a known prostitute in the cash road area mm-hmm. and she was found, you know, in a similar manner to the other women. Mm-hmm. On July 13, 2005, a partial skull was found by farmers just off of Iowa 54 in Kiowa County. Now, this victim initially became known as Kiowa Jane Doe. Mm -hmm. Eventually, in 2021, the remains were identified as that of Rebecca Jean Boyd. Now, Rebecca was reportedly last seen on July 27th, 2020, uh, I'm sorry, 2002. And was subsequently reported missing on July 30th, 2002 by her estranged husband. Mm -hmm. Now, some sources believe that her death may be linked to these other murders. However, in my research, I couldn't find a lot of information that matched up with the other victims. Right. Now, keep in mind, we only found a partial skull. So, you know... Uh, but it also appeared that at the time of her disappearance, she didn't actually live in Lawton, but did have family there that she would visit often. Now, I'm not here to say there's no link. I'm just saying that I personally couldn't find it. Sure. My reason for mentioning this in this episode is because a lot of a lot of sources think that this is linked. Right. Now, another case, I want to be clear that authorities only think that the original five that we talked about are linked to this same killer, right? Mm-hmm. So that's Jane, Cassandra, Mandy, Janice, and Pamela. These are the only five cases that authorities have publicly said, okay, we think they're linked. We think this is a serial killer. Right. Now, but one more case that could possibly be linked, and there's a lot, but this is the last one I'm personally going to go over here today, is that of Tanja Marie Hook. Now, she was reported missing by her mother in 2003, and she was said to be residing in the Lawton area with her boyfriend and was also said to have been involved in sex work. According to said boyfriend, he saw her get into a black truck with an older white male, Mm -hmm. and this is believed to have been the last time that Tonja was seen alive. Her remains were discovered in a ditch in McLean County on August 30th, 2003. And sadly, a cause of death was not able to be determined due to the exposure to the elements. And 
also sadly it wasn't until 2008 that her body was able to be positively identified using dna there are some sources that believe you know this same person's or per- person or persons may be responsible for a lot more murders and one source in particular and this is what i was talking about earlier in the episode i relied on this source heavily for this episode they do a real deep dive on this case and it is oklahomacoldcases.org now they are a woman-owned nonprofit organization and their goal is to essentially bring all of oklahoma's cold case information together in one place they also have a podcast as well i believe which is on their website great organization go over there check them out that's oklahomacoldcases.org now this is run by two women named jennifer and amanda jennifer's passions include forensic genealogy and indigenous missing person and homicide cases her specialties are cases involving native americans missing and unidentified persons and forensic genealogy amanda's specialties are cases involving sex workers sex trafficking victims wrongful convictions and historical cold cases predating 1970 so mm-hmm. They're doing some great work over there. Now, allegedly authorities have spoken to suspects and had persons of interest in this case, but they say that nothing has really stuck and that nobody even has really so much as a good lead as to who could be the potential killer or killers. Right. Um, many sources can't even agree on whether it's one person or multiple. Now, again many sources blame this cold the fact that this case is so cold on the fact that nobody truly cared about these women due to the lifestyles they led and i'm inclined to agree with that sure um you know it again it's something we see a lot here in the true crime space and it's something that i really want to see change these women they were loved by somebody many of them even had young children at the time of their deaths and there has been very little media coverage to date on these cases but as of an article dated february 2022 authorities are looking to crack this case open again they're hoping that advancements in dna testing could help solve this 20 year old cold case right now i want to take this time to say they are also looking for tips from the public they are adamant that they are not looking to arrest any tipsters that may have been involved in drugs or sex work 20 years ago they don't care what kind of shady shit you were doing 20 years ago do you just want to solve these murders and bring some closure to these families so if you have any information anything at all that may help solve this case you're being asked to contact the oklahoma state bureau of investigation at 800-522-8017 um if you have if you know anything please please call because these these cases deserve to be solved and that's all i have for you today on the lawton oklahoma serial killer melinda thank you so much for sending this in to us and thank you for trusting us to cover the case of your sweet friend so coming up coming up this week we have um honestly guys next week's episode is 
tuna surprise. That's that's the best we got for you. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, praise God that we did a season one intermission because it enabled us to get ahead um, until we dealt with our life circumstances that mm. we didn't anticipate. Like, nobody can get ahead enough for the shit show that we've been dealt <laughs> in our personal lives during season two. So yeah. uh, right now we're um, cruising and recording day by day. So uh, we've got some things in the works for you, several. It's just a matter of what's finished first, TBH. It'll be fine. Yeah, it's just a matter of what's finished first. I will say that we will have a what the fuck igwick for you, uh, for you patrons on Tuesday, the case of Heather Garris. Um, oh my god, the relief that I felt when you said a name that was not something I was supposed to do, because I was like, ah. No, it's me. Hi, I'm the person, it's me. So you guys are oh, going to hear my god. froggy voice again. Hopefully it'll be less froggy by then. Um, I hope so for you. Thank you. Um, but yeah, that's all we have for you guys today. We love you so much. Thank you for tuning in for yet another case. And we will catch you on the next one. Toodaloo. Absolutely. See you next time. Bye.